Edmonton's downtown needs some outside-the-box thinking if the city hopes to attract more residents to the core, according to a panelist at a recent housing summit. That uh, that particular panelist is joining us in the studio today. Corey Wozniak, who's the principal and managing director of Avison Young, is joining us. How are you doing today? Really good. Thanks, Bryn. Hey, thanks for coming in. Okay, Edmonton has the second highest office vacancy in the country. I'm guessing because I know how competitive the two cities are. Who's number one? Calgary does have the highest. Okay. Uh, how do we fix this? I guess that's the big question. Uh, what's the real difference, first and foremost, between the two cities? Can we get to that? Calgary actually started on this challenge before the pandemic, so they have a bit more experience in dealing with this. And so they began their 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 focus on creating a solution to get themselves out of that high vacancy actually early in the pandemic because they had already been struggling with it when the energy market um, really impacted the private sector that was occupying most of the space in Calgary. In yeah. Edmonton, most of our ocu- occupancy is actually the public sector. So why is this city a little slow up on, on the uptake, I guess is the best way to put it. We have a, a glut of office space in lower class buildings that is making up the majority of the vacant space. And we just can't get ourselves below 20% vacancy. A balanced market, by the way, Brent, is 8%. So we have a long okay. ways to get to a balanced market. How expensive is it, is it to do this, really? Well, there's a lot of debate around the utility of office space to yep. begin with. There's a lot of conversation still on the other side of this pandemic experience of how to bring your teams together more often and make these office buildings have a, a greater purpose. And there are still a lot of large organizations that are struggling to get their employees in their buildings um, more than a few days a week. And that is really um, creating the conversation around the, the efficiency of office space. So I'm somebody who's been working downtown a little bit over the last few years, and yeah, you can see that it, that there's a real struggle going on here. How do you change this office space into something that's livable? Is it tough? Is it a hard thing to do? Well, if you're thinking of, of the opportunity to convert office buildings to residential, this is something Empton actually has an incredible amount of experience with. Okay. We've been here before. So the last time we had a vacancy that looked like this was actually in 1997. So in the late 90s, there was a real stigma with downtown Edmonton. Uh, people were not proud of it. There was, there was low social engagement. There was low occupancy of buildings. There was low residential in our downtown neighborhoods. And so in the late 90s, city council came out with an incentive to change that direction of downtown. And it dealt with the glut of office space by incentivizing development to convert them to residential. Okay. It was incredibly successful. And in the 10 years that followed, we saw a spike in the downtown residential population and it course corrected two markets. Well, I do have to ask this because things can change from one council to the next to the next. And so here we are now, we have an, another council in there. Uh, are they, uh, how receptive are they to all of this right now? Are they? There Could are they be more? Absolutely. Okay. They, they, there's a lot of priorities, however. Right. And so there's a lot of conversation around how to make our downtown safer, how to make it more vibrant, how to deal with what will be an upcoming problem with tax revenue. So a lot of people don't realize that the downtown area, while it only occupies 1% of the land base, it contributes 10% of the revenue, the tax revenue that the city earns. And we are seeing a devaluation of downtown real estate which is going to reduce the amount of tax that the city can earn, and it has to be made up by the neighborhoods outside of downtown. Now, you're in a situation, too, where you want to see these buildings full because it's in your best interest, it's in the city's best interest, it's in the citizens' best interest. 
How do you how do you work with everybody to make it work for every everyone? Is it possible? You know, there, there's there's the, a lot of debate around the tax revenue side, and that's a monetary concern. Right. You now have issues around the downtown disorder and the, the feeling of safety and cleanliness. And a more vibrant downtown is a safer downtown. And we need to get more people living downtown. There's this opportunity for us to take a number of office buildings and convert them to residential. We know there's a residential demand. We have a shortage of affordable and accessible housing. This is a diversified housing strategy. When you convert an office building, it isn't converted to luxury residential product. It's converted to to lower and mid-grade product, which is more accessible, more affordable. And when we have the population influx that we have, we have our post-secondaries downtown that are all announcing significant growth in their student population. That's an opportunity to deliver the housing product that they need. You may not be able to answer this, but I'm going to ask this anyway. How receptive is City Council to all of this? Is there a pushback? Are you finding there's some councillors that say, hey, I get it, I get it, and maybe you're trying to help a little bit more? What's what's the landscape like out there? There is a, a need for urgency with this. Okay. So to be able to activate this 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 affordable housing strategy, this housing accelerator, right? even if the city looked at a partnership with the development community, to put in the substantial amount of capital that's required to do these projects, it is minimum two years to deliver that residential product. Okay. It takes three years to build a new tower. It takes two years to convert an office building. So even if there was an incentive today, you wouldn't deliver any new residential product for two years. Is that where the problem comes in? We use the word incentive, and sometimes people are scared of that word. But uh, to try to get something like this going, is that that's absolutely required here, right? It's absolutely required. We are at near record high construction costs. We're in a very expensive and difficult financing marketplace. And what is interesting about these opportunities is an incentive like this does not cost the municipality anything up front or on the way through. An incentive like this right. is only provided when the project is delivered, when it's making its positive impact to the community. Is there the concern, and we hear this one all the time about urban sprawl and that kind of stuff, about how the city might want to grow out rather than up. Uh, do you get that feedback at all from the city or anybody? Absolutely, and and you know we can do both. This, this isn't meant to be, um, uh, you know, a, a difficult debate between those that are invested in, in further suburban growth versus those that want to see more density in our central neighborhoods. But when we were most successful with, with downtown is when we had a focused density development strategy for residential downtown to capitalize all the infrastructure, all the public transportation, all the, all the um, opportunities to scale up a residential population centrally. And when we diverted away from that and we focused on, on more residential development at the outskirts of our city, um, that's a much more expensive proposition. You need right. to build more fire stations, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, police stations, parks, schools. All the amenities, that type of thing. Are you optimistic about where we might be going over the next year with this, or are we kind of stuck in the mud a little? I think a lot more education is required. Okay. It's important for... The, the city of Edmonton to understand both from the government and our residents of this city to understand this opportunity for us. This is this is the provides great ROI for the city of Edmonton. And there are so many positive outcomes that come from this. We just need to continue to understand it and see that this is an urgent opportunity. Is the province weighed in on this at all or is this basically just a civic matter? The, the province is weighing in. Uh, this ultimately is 
uh, unlocked as a benefit by this municipal government. Municipalities, by the way, in major cities across Canada and the U.S. are all looking at this. Right. And Calgary has written a very successful playbook. So successful, it's oversubscribed. They will have 17 buildings converted to deliver new residential from office buildings. You know, this uh, Battle of Alberta thing can get a little tiresome at times, I think. Uh, I think both cities should work together more often on projects like this. Has, do you know if anybody here has talked to anybody there about sharing the information to make it work for the whole province and not just Edmonton or Calgary? Yes, there there is some uh, very collaborative discussions happening with leadership between both cities. Uh, there um, is such an impressive playbook written by Calgary that we are certainly learning a, a tremendous amount from what they are doing in Calgary. Uh, they had a head start, so their problem yeah. was bigger and earlier. And so this government in Edmonton is is... Uh, communicating significantly with Calgary to learn about what they have done and hopefully we'll be employing some of those in those uh, benefits here in Edmonton. Have I missed anything? Are you upbeat? Are you upbeat about things? You just would like to, to go faster, I'm guessing? I, I am positive about it. This, this okay. isn't a new challenge. Uh, we've seen this challenge before. Um, the, you know, of course, there's there's you know comfort in knowing that this is not an isolated Edmonton issue. Right. This is an issue happening across major cities all over. Uh, I am optimistic that we have a, a lot of early signs that the the vibrancy is beginning to return. Mm -hmm. We have an incredible opportunity with post secondary, by the way, Bryn. I just think that with the announcements and the investment being made by our post secondaries, that. That focus on, on youth and, and, and the learning industry, the education industry, is really going to make a big impact to our downtown that most downtowns don't get the benefit of. How did it go for you at that housing summit? Did you see some things or some ideas came to you out of that whole summit? It was excellent. You know, and, and we need more of those. We need more collaborative discussions. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, you know, our industry can, can operate as, as, as ships in the night. We need to spend more time sharing ideas and not just from great ideas within the city, but learning about good ideas that have been executed in other cities. Um, it's, it's, it's a tremendous opportunity to, to increase the collaboration. How does anybody get a hold of you if they'd like some more information? Can they reach out to you? Absolutely. So um, you can reach out to me at Avis and Young. Uh, you know, my name is Corey Wozniak, and I'd be delighted to to be helpful to share a perspective of the opportunities in front of us. Thanks for taking the time to come in. It's nice to have somebody actually in the studio today. So I do appreciate your time. Okay. My pleasure. Thank All you. right.